On the show today, Google tells app developers to remove stalkerware from the Play Store. A German hospital records the first death as a result of ransomware. Our scam of the day promises you a $100,000 payment from the Department of Health and Human Services. And our tip gives you five signs that someone might be trying to hack your brain. All of that and more is coming up on the October 1st, 2020 edition of Cybersecurity Made Personal. Helping you stay safe in a connected world. This is Cybersecurity Made Personal. Hello and welcome to the Cybersecurity Made Personal Podcast, the safest podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Jim Herman. Today, we're kicking off Season 2 of the podcast, but we are also entering Cybersecurity Awareness Month. To celebrate, we will be releasing two episodes per week throughout the month of October. So be on the lookout for new episodes every Monday and Thursday throughout October. In November, we'll go back to our normal release schedule every Monday. I have two stories for you on the news beat today. First, Google announced an update to its developer program policy requiring that all apps that track users include both adequate notice or consent and show a persistent notification that the user's actions are being tracked. This policy also prohibits apps from marketing themselves as a spying or a secret surveillance application. The policy does contain exceptions for parental monitoring apps and for enterprise device management, but they still must comply with the notice and notification provisions. App developers must update their apps to be compliant with this new policy by October 1st. In my opinion, this is a great step in the right direction. Surveillance applications provide very few legitimate benefits, but they do have great potential to be misused. Stopping apps from misrepresenting their purpose and expecting them to notify the user that their activity is being tracked is a great step towards increasing privacy. But now moving on to some sad news in our second story, Authorities in Germany are investigating a death that appears to have been indirectly caused by a ransomware attack. On September 10th, the Dusseldorf University Hospital suffered a ransomware attack that infected more than 30 servers. As a result, the hospital was unable to accept new patients and rerouted them to other hospitals. One woman, who was rerouted to a hospital over 18 miles away, passed away. German police say that they are currently investigating the death as a potential homicide, indicating that charges of manslaughter or murder could be forthcoming if it can be determined that the woman could have survived had she been able to receive treatment in Dusseldorf. I fully support this investigation as a homicide. If the woman's death was caused in part by the ransomware attack, how the German authorities choose to respond will set the bar for how similar crimes are treated in the future all around the world. 
Hospitals are a very popular target for ransomware because criminals know that in many cases, hospitals will choose to pay the ransom in order to get their data restored quickly. Hopefully, they do have backups, but there is a delay while the backups are being restored, and in a hospital, any delay can mean the death of patients. Apparently, the attack wasn't targeted at the hospital. It was instead targeted at the university the hospital is affiliated with. Fortunately, the criminals did hand over the encryption key when they learned the hospital had been hit. However, the fact still remains that it's possible someone died as a result of this incident. If the actions of these criminals did cause this death, hopefully the police will treat this with the level of attention the crime deserves and bring the attackers to justice. And now, we move on to our scam of the day. Today's scam hit my inbox in the middle of September. The subject line says in all caps, Coronavirus COVID-19 Pandemic Update. The email sender bears the title of the United States Center for Disease and Human Services, an organization that doesn't actually exist. The email actually came from the address Kimberly9900 at gmail.com, which is a pretty suspicious address for an email coming from a government agency. The email reads, Good day to you. I hope that this message gets to you in good health during this coronavirus pandemic. With sadness in our hearts, the United States Center for Disease and Human Services announces it to the U.S. citizens and world at large that Chinese government are planning a more dangerous and massive attack on economies again by planning to spread the coronavirus, COVID-19, through air, individuals, and insects, and this time, individuals would not show symptoms after contacting it, then spreading it to others, and death will undoubtedly be the end result. We have lost some scientists who were helping in the race to produce the real final vaccine for the virus. We are fast sharing some kits, herbs, guideline manual booklet, and US $100,000 that would help you combat avoid the virus being effective even when these group of people insects comes in contact with you or what they would spread on the air gets to you and use the money for shopping during the crisis. We need your below-required information to enable us to make delivery of the materials, kits, guideline manual booklet, herbs, and U.S. $100,000 to your address. Names, address, phone number, age, sex, health condition, occupation. All fields are required to determine your eligibility and to proceed with the delivery process. Stay strong and stay healthy. Best regards, Mr. Alex Michael Azar, United States Secretary of Health and Human Services. Well, I must say, $100,000 would make quite the shopping spree. Thanks to Mr. Alex Azar and the U.S. government for the wonderful sum of money, I can't wait to receive it. If you find a scam email you think we'd like to read on the show, Forward it to scam at cybersecuritymadepersonal.com. And now it's time for our cybersecurity pop quiz. 
Each episode, I'll ask you a question in the field of online security or privacy, and it's your job to try to figure out what the correct answer is. Today's question is a multiple answer question, meaning that any combination of answers could be correct. Your question is, when you take a picture, which of the following items could be embedded within the photo by your camera? A, the GPS coordinates where the photo was taken. B, the names of the people in the photo. C, the type of camera used to take the photo. D, the date and time the photo was taken. And E, the social media sites where the photo was posted to. The answer to this question will be revealed in the next episode. But if you want to know the answer right away, you can go to cybersecuritymadepersonal.com slash popquiz to find out if you're right. Plus, if you submit your guess on the website, regardless of whether you're right or wrong, you can be entered to win a $25 Amazon gift card when we conclude Season 2 in February. But your guess to this question must be submitted before the next episode is released at 8 a.m. on Monday, October 5th. For official rules, visit cybersecuritymadepersonal.com slash quizrules. Would you voluntarily help a hacker steal your personal information? Would you let someone try to hack your brain? We'll have more on social engineering when we come back from this quick break. Hey, it's Jim. I just wanted to take a few seconds to tell you about a brand new class I'll be teaching. It's called the Five Day Security Boost. For five days from November 9th through November 13th, I'll be live on Facebook at 9 p.m. each night teaching you about five quick changes that will make a huge difference in your online safety. It's a great opportunity to not just learn about online security, but also to ask me any questions that you might have. And if you can't make it live, you can still sign up because replays will be available through November 20th. For more information or to sign up, visit cybersecuritymadepersonal.com slash securityboost. Before the break, I asked you if you would voluntarily help a hacker steal your personal information. I'm guessing your answer is probably a resounding no. Nobody wants their personal information to be compromised, even hackers. However, it may surprise you to hear that every day, people do provide assistance to hackers. Of course, it's not willing assistance but people are tricked into providing personal details to attackers. These cyber criminals have become masters at using psychological tricks in order to get you to take actions you wouldn't normally take, something commonly called social engineering. Why do people engage in social engineering attacks? Well, for starters, the cyber defenders have become better at identifying and plugging security holes and quickly detecting when someone manages to get in. So in response, the attackers have determined that if they can't reliably hack software, 
They'll hack the minds of the people using the software. These attackers get people to give up their personal information, including their login details, credit card numbers, social security numbers, and more. In some cases, the information they get is the goal, but in other cases, they use that information to get access to other data, such as stealing your online banking login in order to get all your account numbers and your banking details. Social engineering is one of the most common methods of attack nowadays, so it is very important that you learn to identify these attacks. Today, I'm going to give you five signs that you and your mind might be under attack. First, social engineering scams will attempt to create a sense of urgency and fear. Often, the scammers know that you will recognize their scam if you just take the time to think about it. In order to combat that, they create situations that claim to require urgent responses. Anytime you receive an email that says you need to respond or take action quickly, it's likely that you're dealing with a scam. Scam messages will often threaten consequences if you don't take action right away. Some of the consequences you might face include your account being deleted, charges on your credit card, or even arrest by the police. Along the same line, these requests may also create a sense of fear. One common scam is to call the IT department of a company pretending to be assisting a high-level executive during an important meeting. The person might claim there will be repercussions for the IT department and possibly even the entire company if this person is not able to access important files. Anytime urgency and fear are used to get you to take action quickly, you have very good reason to be suspicious. Second, social engineering scams will always attempt to get you to share sensitive information through unusual channels. For example, you should never send any personal information through email, and you should always be suspicious of any request that you do that. Companies will never ask you to verify your password, your full name, your date of birth, your credit card number, or any other sensitive data through email. If they do need this information, they will always ask you to send it in a secure manner, such as on a contact form. Remember, companies are required by law to save all emails, so anything you put in an email to a company is going to be saved for several years. As a side note, you should never volunteer personal information in an email either. In my job working with point-of-sale systems, I have received communications from people who sent their full credit card number along with their request for a refund or a modification of their purchase. Don't send your credit card number or any other personal information in an email. If you have any questions about whether one of these verify your information emails is legitimate, go to the company's website and sign in there. If the company does need you to verify your information, they will prompt you as soon as you've signed in. A third tactic of social engineering scams is to provide unsolicited assistance. One very common example of this is the tech support scam calls that you've probably received. In these scams, 
you'll receive a call from someone pretending to be from a company like Microsoft. They'll claim they've been monitoring your computer and it's now infected with viruses. For starters, a company like Microsoft has far too many computers running its software to be able to monitor each one for viruses. Even if it did have the level of resources to be able to do monitoring, it certainly wouldn't have the personnel available to call the owner of every infected computer. If Microsoft was going to try to do anything to notify you, it would trigger an automated alert on your computer, not call you by phone. Regardless of whether the claim involves tech support or something entirely different, someone you don't know calling you because they're trying to help should make you suspicious of their motives. A fourth sign of social engineering are requests for sudden, unusual changes. This could be an email from a boss to a secretary asking that money be wired to a particular account instead of a check being sent. Or it could be a request that you send money for the down payment on your house through Western Union instead of bringing it to the closing. Anytime you have a plan in place, but then someone asks you to make a significant change to that plan, you have reason to be suspicious. Even if you're sure that the request came from the person's actual email account, you can't say for sure that their email account hasn't been compromised. One church in Milwaukee was scammed out of $510,000 when the secretary sent a construction payment to a new bank account after receiving a letter in the mail claiming that the account had been changed. If you receive any kind of strange request, it's always best to double-check the request through another channel. Don't just reply back to the email. The scammer could still have access to that email account. Use a phone call, a text message, or some other method of communication before you make the change. And fifth, any unexpected attachments or links could also be a sign of social engineering. You might receive an email claiming to be from Amazon, Google, or even your bank, along with a link to verify personal information. However, instead of taking you to a legitimate login page, the link takes you to a fake one controlled by the attacker and convinces you to hand over your personal details. I recommend never opening attachments or links that you are not expecting to receive unless they have some personal context with them. For example, if someone sends me a link to a YouTube video, along with an explanation of how it relates to something we discussed recently, I'll follow that link. But if someone just sends me the link to a YouTube video, I'll reach out to them and verify that they were actually the ones who sent it. You should always approach emails with a certain level of skepticism. Someone's account could have been compromised, or it could have been spoofed to something that looks very similar. You obviously don't need to verify the source of every single email. No one has time for that. But if someone wants you to open an attachment or follow a link that you weren't expecting to get, you should have a level of skepticism, especially if there's nothing else in the email. So today, we've covered five signs of social engineering scams. First, they create a sense of urgency and fear, 
They try to get you to act quickly. Second, they ask you to share sensitive information, usually through unsafe means. Don't send personal information through your email. Third, they offer unsolicited assistance. They try to help you when you didn't even realize you needed help. Fourth, they'll ask for sudden, unusual changes. Don't make changes unless you verified the source of the request. And fifth, they provide an unsolicited link or attachment. Don't follow it unless you've double-checked with the sender or it has some context so that you know it's legitimate. Now, no social engineering scam is likely to have all five of these signs. So be aware and be suspicious of anything exhibiting even one of these characteristics. And as a final note, don't forget to give yourself a little grace. There's something out there that will trick you if it's the right message at the right time. Everyone from technological novices to cybersecurity pros, myself included, have fallen for these scams. Don't beat yourself up if you do fall victim. Clean up the damage as best you can by changing your password, your credit card number, or whatever other data you can change, and then learn your lesson for the next time. That's all for today. Thanks for listening, and come back on Monday when we will have a brand new episode discussing the settings that you need to change in order to secure your home router. Until next time, stay safe. Thanks again for joining us for the Cybersecurity Made Personal podcast. Check out the show notes page linked in the description for links to the articles mentioned, more information about today's tip, and a transcription of this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you would consider visiting our welcome page at cybersecuritymadepersonal.com slash welcome. There, you can find more information about the show and links to some of our most popular episodes. Cybersecurity Made Personal is provided for educational purposes only. Don't take any action on your computer unless you fully understand what you are doing and the possible consequences. Visit cybersecuritymadepersonal.com slash disclaimer for more information. Cybersecurity Made Personal is a production of Personal Cybersecurity, LLC. I'm Jim Herman. Thanks for listening and stay safe.